and Brit. Brad and Brit, the perfect combination of brawn and wit. Politics, sports, and trending shit. Let's tune in to Brad and Brit. It is the Brad and Brit cast, special Friday edition. Thank you. We are live in the uh, 10 a.m. Eastern Time Friday hour for some reason or other. We thought it was a good idea. We'll see. Uh, all right. As far as I'm concerned, they got nothing on this guy. <laughs> He's clean. <laughs> he is clean as a whistle. <laughs> wow. First of all, I mean, I guess- was it? Was it necessary to drag Josh Hawley like that? Was it necessary to embarrass and humiliate the congressman from Missouri, Absolutely. Josh Hawley? It's not, it's not even close to what was it a good idea. It was a great it was a great idea. But I got to used to wait till we get control of the Congress. You're gonna see hearings on everything. We're going <laughs> I know. Did you see all this stuff where they have the yakety sax music behind him, and they've got chariots of? They just have like all of the the, the like him running. It's a great. I'm sorry, it's never going to get old. It's just never going to get old to see that asshole running away like a pussy from the crowd that he incited. I mean, that's never going to get old at all. Well, the the amazing thing is that you will not hear. I believe him questioned about that. He can go on Fox a hundred more times in the next six months, and they will never bring up that disparity, that hypocrisy. They'll never bring that up because he'll be on to talk about, you know, some cultural wedge issue of, of bullshit. And that just won't be able to get around to it. That, and that, that's how the game works there. All right. Um, Clearly, there is there is enough out there for the Justice Department to to grab onto this and 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 go for it. Whether it's uh, obstructing an act of, of Congress, you're not allowed to obstruct the Congress in its uh, uh, assigned duties. That's one of the things. Conspiracy to defraud the American people. I didn't see any of that, <laughs> right? How, how can you bring that one up? Because that is a that is a legitimate. Uh, charge that would be a that would be a crime, and there it's, it's the old guns. Chinese menu. There's witness tampering. There's obstruction of justice. There's a million of them, right? They didn't even get to that. I know they're not. That's already been established. <laughs> they didn't have time. <laughs> we don't have time. It'll be on our next show. Um, when the fact came out that some of the Secret Service agents protecting Mike Pence were on their phones dialing up their loved ones saying their last words because they expected to possibly die in the attack on the Capitol. It's not only on their phones. It's not only on their phones. I think there's radio traffic of them telling dispatchers, you know, tell Susie I love her. Tell my kids I love her. I think that, and I don't know why that wasn't played. Well, I don't know if they have to play it. I mean, just oh, the fact that you know that. Oh, it happens. no, no. Hang on, hang on, hang on. No. This, this is reminiscent for me of uh, people on United Airlines Flight 93 over Pennsylvania who knew that they were about to die 
20 years ago calling their loved ones because they knew it was over. And how many so times was that played? Right. All right. Yeah, this this needs to be the American. Get, we can, all right, if we can just get off the issue of hearing, okay, if we can just talk about the fact that it was done, okay? I understand that. If, I know you're obsessed with we, we weren't allowed to hear. I get that. But the fact that they did that tells you everything. It does. It tells you a lot, but I, I at least think that's as important as seeing the outtakes. And I loved seeing the outtakes last night from, from Trump. They were much better than I imagined. No, nothing is better than the outtakes. And I thought the outtakes of the day of speech where they put the thing out on Twitter, go home in peace, we love you, and all that shit, I thought that was going to be good. That was nothing. The next day when he smacks the lectern, that kicks its ass. That's the best shit ever. He's going to go nuts on that forever. I thought I was shitty trying to record a commercial. Good. Eight takes. <laughs> I don't want to say no, that. I... <laughs> I don't want to say the election's over. I don't want to say that. And, and you know, I'm sure that that's not the best of. I'm sure they're they continue to hold stuff back. And you know what? What we've now seen after eight episodes of this, we have seen the fruits of hiring the guy, the uh, ABC. Oh yeah person who was behind good morning america 2020 who knows how to tell a story because that's what they were doing they were storytelling to the american people and i think they did a great job um clearly the fact that there's no phone log clearly that what is like a six or seven hour gap okay yeah there's no photographs there's no nothing like we don't want (laughs) right Right. Um, if we can take a page out of the Republican playbook where when you uh, prove to them beyond a shadow of a doubt that they've brought you no evidence that there's voter fraud, what was their answer? Well, that's because you can't find it. That's because they're good at it. <laughs> that's really? proof there is voter fraud that we can't find it. Right. Really? Isn't that remember that? Yeah. Remember that defense? Um, that, that really stuck out to me. Um, the harassment on Twitter of Sarah Matthews, I find that to be an interesting uh, side story. While she was talking, she was attacked on, on Twitter by the uh, House Republican conference that means the actual republicans in congress and they went right after her yeah. they said just another liar and pawn in pelosi's witch hunt she's still <clears throat> she's still working for republicans on capitol hill she'll be fired immediately <laughs> she's done she's she's toast um we've decided some cutbacks were necessary here but wait that's that's different yeah that's that, that's different I guess it's related to it. She's working on some house committee on climate or something. Or was. What time is it? Tick, tick. (laughs) Well, see, in the real world, she should not be able to be fired because she would have the, the, the protection of the public and you're not allowed to retaliate against people. But I guess in those kind of jobs, they, they probably will probably get away with it. Um, Anyway, they took the tweet down (laughs) as always. 
it works every time, doesn't it? It didn't happen. I mean, if you get into an argument with your wife and you call her a bitch and then you take it back, it never happened. Right. That's that's the rule. (laughs) I never called you a bitch. I just took it back. It never it's thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. Yeah. Yeah. Um and then my my, and I didn't realize this until this morning. I mean, Trump went nuts last night while things were going on here. Unbelievable stuff. Why would you why would you think that he wouldn't? I mean, it was it was completely embarrassing. First of all, the rest of it never even mattered. When they get to those outtakes that look make him look like a complete clown, make him look like a chump. That's the part he's going to cry, whine, bitch, kvetch, and moan about for years and years. He's going to just cry about that forever. Right. Uh, the Trump statement that was put out at 9 o'clock last night. So the thing started a little bit after 8, right? So we're about an hour into it. And Trump says, Mike Pence told me and everybody else there was nothing he could do about the electoral vote count. It was etched in stone. But if so... How come the Democrats and rhinos are working so hard to make sure there's nothing a VP can do? This was a major event because everybody ganged up and said that Mike had no choice. He couldn't send the slates back to the states, which is all I suggested to do for possible retabulation and correction based on large scale voter fraud, capital V, capital F, and irregularities, capital I. This may have been proven to be an election changing event, so we'd have no inflation. We'd have no in. We'd have inexpensive gasoline. We'd be energy dominant. We'd have no war or large-scale death with Russia and Ukraine. This conflict would have never happened. We would have left Afghanistan on the same timetable, but with dignity and strength. And we would have kept Bagram Air Base, not had dead soldiers, taken out all American hostages, and would not have given the Taliban eighty-five billion dollars worth of first-class military equipment. And Tom Brady would have won another Super. <laughs> A rabbit in every pot, a blowjob in every pant. What a difference it would have made if the state legislatures had another crack at looking at all the fraud, abuse, and irregularities that have been found. Our country would be a different place. Donald Trump's revisionist history. And he's playing this game of setting up a de facto insanity defense, don't you think? Mm -hmm. Where this question keeps coming up and I think it's already been answered. Did he really believe this? And the answer is it doesn't matter really, but if he really believed it, then he's insane. I think that's the right answer. Right. So that's why he has to stick with this kind of hysterical nuttiness at a moment like this. And why you saw in those outtakes where he went full Fonzie, I was, I, la, 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 he can't say I lost the election. I, ki, 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 right? Well, that's a, I think that's a business decision. I think that's, if he, if he says he's lost the election, he can't raise money off of it and bilk all the idiots out of, out of cash forever. Well, he can't in, say in, it. in the end, it's that, but, but at that moment, I don't think he was thinking that. I mean, he, he, he was um, uh, back to his most basic caveman instinct, which is, only thing worse than dying is losing. Well, and, and I might have that reversed for him. <laughs> he might rather die than, than be perceived to be a loser, which the more he proclaims that he isn't, the more that you know that he 
he is. And I think, help, tell me what, what you think of this just overall view of this. You know, when you bust a balloon, right, you, you stick a pin in it, boom, it, it goes. Well, it doesn't work that way with Trump supporters, with Trump excusers, with the Trump nation, you know, all the people who've been along for the ride. The balloon doesn't get punctured and it blows up and Trump goes away and you never hear from him again. And he gets life in prison. That's not how it's going to work here. It's just a slow letting out of the air and you're seeing it a little bit at a time. Um, The two testifiers on Thursday night, uh, Mr. Pottinger, who uh, by any measure is a pretty impressive guy. But then, you know, you always have to pull back and go, if you're so smart, if you're so articulate, why were you in for the ride all the way anyway? And I know that's a separate question, and we have to keep Mm. thinking about that. That's fair. Never lose sight of no matter how, quote, unquote, courageous and heroic people are now who are stepping forward, including uh, young, supple Sarah, sorry. Sarah Matthews, <laughs> 27 years old, yeah, Northeast Ohio. Father was a big guy in the Republican Party in, in uh, Cleveland, I think, as she grew up. Um, she started working in the campaign, moved right up very, very quickly. And uh, there she was, right there. Uh, her salary... I listed this $109,000, not bad for a 27 year old, although in Washington, that doesn't get you very far, but no, no, it's not, it's not in the upper level. That's for sure. But it's good, but it's good enough when you're 20, you're you're treading water, but you're in there, you're in with the in crowd. Right, right, right. Um, They're still of the mind of until you hear this, would you vote for him again until you get, more of a, a universal no way. We're not as far along as we think uh, until that gets broken. I don't know where we are because most of them, no matter what they 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 say, well, I'd still vote for him because yeah, I liked his policies. Look what he did for the country. Not look what he did to the country. It's look what he did for the country until you change that one word. Yeah. Well, that's what they were afraid. That's what they were afraid of. And then when Donald Trump and others were, or Donald Trump Jr. and others were texting Mark Meadows, this is going to ruin his legacy. They're going to just forget about all the great stuff that he did. It's just going to be about this riot. Right. That's the only thing that really mattered, Britt. You know, that. <laughs> it's that he would look bad, that we would look bad, that his uh, spectacular legacy his record <laughs> that's what they said and that's what they you know they had all of those messages I, I do i don't want to go much further before we right at the beginning they had mark robinson who is a uh, metro police officer corroborating a lot of what cassidy hutchinson said about the um the altercation that happened in the vehicle which was not the beast on uh, on January the 6th with the president getting into altercation with the Secret Service. So he was corroborating what she said because there had been some pushback. Uh, at least in the beginning, they kind of backed off of the pushback after about 24, 48 hours after Cassidy uh, spoke. But uh, Robinson goes, yeah, there was a pretty heated argument. There was some rough stuff going on inside that vehicle. 
there's no doubt about that. But don't you also believe or think or know that the whole issue of the disappearing text messages kind of kills any credibility that they have to push back on any story yeah. about that day and the, the days surrounding it. You lose. Right. Y- you lose because uh, we get to play all day long. What do you think was in the texts? And you kind of sort of know it was probably supportive of Trump a lot. And at the same time saying this guy's fucking crazy. There's I I think uh, I think their immediate reaction when Cassidy said what she said was, oh, yeah, well, bitch, we're going to show you. Let me show you some text. Oh, fuck that. Those are getting erased. No, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, We could show you some stuff, but we can't show you some stuff. And she's wrong. There was just no way. Yeah, there, there, there was no way that they they wanted you to know what they they really think, which I think that most of these guys are conservative. They're right wingers and they became Trumpers over time because, you know, he does have that magic. Brit. Oh, yeah. Admit it or not. He has a magical hold over people. The charisma. Charisma. You know, and once you're in his orbit man, he owns you. You just want to do anything. You're willing to die for him. And Secret right. Service agents, they're already ready to die for who's ever the president. But this one was was special. But then you had that moment on January 6th where they knew no matter how much they loved this man, they could not be party to taking him down to the Capitol. And they had to start. So, so the, the, the texting and the messaging surrounding that, they don't want anybody to see that. No. That's basically it, isn't it? And, and certainly what was spoken of afterwards. Um, you know, they, they act as if the Secret Service, they want you to think that they are completely divorced from what was going on in the real world at any given moment. That all they do is their job specifically, right, to, to protect uh, Trump or to protect Pence, but they don't, they don't know. They've never seen anything. They don't read. They don't know what's going on. In the world. And that's ridiculous, of course, but that's how they're acting. And why would you even want to see their messages? What's going on? The problem is you. It's not. Yeah. Us. <laughs> it always gets down to that. Doesn't it? It always does. Yeah. Let's see. It's the analogy about the guy at the dinner party that takes a shit in the middle of the floor. Why are you still talking about that shit? I took, what's the big deal? It's over. It's over. You're, you're obsessed with this shit that I took. Why are you talking about it still? You're the only one that's talking about this. <laughs> they, somebody, and somebody, I mean, somebody should go to jail. As you, as you said, probably somebody will not, but somebody probably needs to go to jail for this shit. Oh, they'll, well, there are already people going to jail. They're just not high up enough. No, I, I mean, specifically for erasing the text messages. I mean, specifically oh, for, that. for that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Somebody needs to fucking go to jail for this shit. But I, I don't know how many investigators the United States of America has. I mean, how many people are just sitting around waiting for their phone? Well, we got something new for you to get out there and do it because now you, you know, you have that. Uh, you have you have the uh, harassment. The witness tampering, I mean, that, that takes a lot of people to investigate that. 
we don't have that many people. It's a hot job. It's it's a it's a hot job right now. If that's what you went to school for is investigations. I don't right. know criminology or criminal investigations or whatever the fuck it was. You're you're I in believe, demand right now. I believe the FBI has a total total of a fifteen thousand people. You know, okay. spread out across the country. I'm sure a lot are, are in Washington, New York, probably, but but they're all over the country. There's FBI offices everywhere. So, uh, but that's that's the Steve Bannon playbook: flood the zone with bullshit on on every subject imaginable, overwhelm the administrative state, and rip it and tear it down. And I don't know if you saw it, but there is a, a piece today by Jonathan Swan in axios and it is the blueprint that the the dead enders the trumpers the ones you're not seeing come out and testify the ones who ran back into the uh into the cornfields they're plotting and scheming on what they're going to do in 2024 when trump gets back in there it and, and again this is part of the whole thing we do it in public we don't hide it. So right. if we do it in public, how can it be a crime? Which, as you know, that's not working quite as well as they thought, but they're still doing it. And the, the plan, when Trump gets back in there, is to do exactly what you think he wanted to do and was trying to do but couldn't quite do and would have done in a second term that would have been going on right now, which is essentially fire everyone, everyone who didn't take some kind of, uh, at least de facto, loyalty pledge, collapse the agencies, get them down to the bare number of employees, fire tens of thousands of people in each agency across the board, and just get Trump loyalists in there to do all the dirty work and all the bidding. It's... It's right there. It's right there in a piece today in Axios. The plan, it's, it's probably ready to be activated the minute Trump were to get reelected. They're ready to go. They've got the people. Um, no, Bill Barr won't be the next attorney general. They won't be brought back. Uh, none of those kind of people. But you get the idea. Well, do you, I mean, are you are you on board with this idea that they're going to they're going to go ahead, they're going to knock off the, the committee is for a little while, come back in September. And that's when Trump is going to announce that he's running for president in 2024. Are you are you, are you down with that plan? Well, um, I do believe them when they say that each hearing results in more people picking up their phones and calling the committee and saying, I have something to say, I want to talk. And, you know, they can't get it all into, you know, the number of hearings that they've had. There is more stuff coming in. It's Wolf Blitzer's dream come true. We have information coming into the situation room right now. <laughs> in, real, in real time. Real time. And they, they do. So I, I think it's a... I think it's a smart schedule. Um, August is very often a weird month mm -hmm. in news and in Washington. And just because they're not holding hearings doesn't mean that the uh, the clock stops or anything of that sort. And, um, you know, they haven't gotten to everything. And uh, we've talked about this before. 
they don't have an unlimited amount of time, clearly, because if they were to lose the uh, House of Representatives, the committee would be disbanded or it would be it would be changed. Uh, everyone on the committee would be thrown out. And, the, you know, the Jim Jordans and the Matt Gateses and the Marjorie Taylor Greens would make up the new committee to start investigating uh, Joe Biden when the impeachment hearings would start to set all those. I mean, that's what would happen. But that being said, they have all the way until at least January to do their work. And I think that um, they can do it right up to the last minute. They can do it right up to the last minute. Unless, Britt, there's some kind of a Mitch McConnell rule that we don't know about, about you're not allowed to continue to investigate and do your work in Congress uh the closer you get to an election, and I don't know how close that has to be, but he'll decide. He'll make up a t- an amount of time, right? Just like with the Supreme Court nominations. It'll be arbitrary, and it'll be to Republicans' advantage. So, Seriously. No, they, they do They do have the time, and um, you just, as we sit here and shake our heads, now in our seventh year of shaking our heads of uh, – how could you support this guy? And we know how it, you know, this grunt, he, he stood, he was saying all the things that I wanted to say. We know all that shit. We know it. But at a certain point, come on. You know, when your kid in high school starts doing things that start to get him into trouble and you start to find out about it, right? A school calls you. And the kid gets suspended and then he gets arrested. And if you're still saying he's a great kid, he really, he's, he's a perfect child. He's a perfect child. We didn't do anything. Everything we did with best kid ever. And there's something wrong with you. (laughs) Cause the next thing, you know, he's out of high school and now he's 18. What does he do? What's the first thing he do? Goes and buys a gun because he's 18. And he shoots up. The we had no idea. We had no idea. And then it comes out that, yes, your kid was suspended from school a million times, right? I feel like that's what Trump is. Trump is that kid. And they all went along with him and they all defended him. And the more he misbehaved, the more they dug in. And felt they had to defend him. I was thinking of this the other day. I'm trying to figure out a way to put it up as a me. I guess I can. Donald Trump shot America on Fifth Avenue. And his supporters still like him. They loved it. He didn't shoot someone. He shot America. And you just can't believe that the background to everything we're talking about is, but he's the leading candidate for the Republican nomination in 2024. Just think about that, Britt. Think about that. And and don't get out a knife and start slitting your wrist because it's, that is too stupid to contemplate. But that's the reality. That's the reality of it. He's the guy. I mean, there's certain polls that are showing DeSantis doing this and that, but he's the guy. He's the guy to beat right now. And, uh, you know, I'm not so sure he couldn't win in a general election, given the Electoral College, particularly with the shit that they passed 
in various Republican legislatures allowing them to cheat in the way that they have. Well, they're not quite all the way there yet. But they're Boy, they're close. They're... And what kind of and what kind of an absolute pussy is Mike Pence? I mean, let's talk about it. Your your Secret Service detail is making their last you know claims, to, and you're not going to testify. You're not going to say anything. You're not going to speak up at all when he when Donald Trump sent his minions to come murder you. I mean, that's not like theoretical. That's not me being hyperbolic. That's an actual fact. Your Secret Service guys didn't know what was going on and thought they were saying their last goodbyes to their families. And you're just going to sit there like a bump on a log, like a cow watching a train go by and not say anything. It's pathetic. I think you're right. And you're right because you're right, but you're also right. Because beyond that, that might be the thing that would break through to even the most recalcitrant, even the most denialistic Trumpers. That if Mike Pence got in there and Mike Pence went unplugged, which he can't, I mean, he's the most buttoned up stiff in the history of American politics that I can recall. Can you think of anybody worse than him? No. He's horrible. He's horrible. Um, but Josh, if he got up there, if he got up there and, and, and said, that this is what happened. Yeah, I was scared for my life. I was going to die. Uh, my Secret Service thought. Uh, Josh Hawley has tweeted out in the past hour a link to a coffee mug with a picture of him waving his fist so this is his giant fuck you to everybody yeah, this, boy, is that fun- <laughs> this is a fundraiser to uh, for something called win red so he wants you and he's got a little kissy face above that so he's telling you that it absolutely did not bother him what happened last night and that's why he has to send this out because it doesn't bother him so much it aggressively doesn't bother him it so doesn't bug him. <laughs> I also don't want to cover up and get let it get lost in the sauce about how terrible uh, McCarthy looked last night. McCarthy came off as a gigantic loser in uh, in that hearing last night, which ran a little bit long, but still, I thought the information was very, very good. Well, uh, Trump has uh, gone after. McCarthy and Mitch McConnell today. Oh my God! Just just horrible things about uh, Mitch McConnell. <laughs> but keep defending him. I, I don't. I don't want you to keep keep defending Donald Trump no matter what you do. Keep greasing the skids. That's almost that's almost too delicious is for Donald Trump to be elected in 2024 for him to kick uh, McConnell's ass up and down Pennsylvania Avenue and throughout D.C. And I'd forgotten that when the uh, second impeachment happened, which was, you know, after Trump had left office, right? It was like the next week, right? Mm-hmm. It's already expert. And, and it came time for the vote in the Senate to convict or not convict. And uh, they got seven Republicans to vote. So it was like, like 57 to 43, right? They, they needed to get to. He needed to get to 60. They couldn't get it. And Mitch McConnell, who, of course, you know, had said the right things right afterwards, the week after January 6th, and he knew better. I mean, they all knew better. But uh, M- McConnell 
said he was ready to vote to convict also. And then he said that, well, there were 17 more of us who were ready to vote, but we decided we just couldn't do it because Trump was already the ex-president. And so it didn't mean so much. So right. That was an excuse right. for not voting to convict. And I don't even think it's a top 10 list of disingenuous bullshit full of shit things that Mitch McConnell has done as a uh, hypocritical phony all these years. That's got to be right near the top. Um, so with one decision, we would be in a much better place right now because the issue of Trump running again wouldn't be on the table behind everything that we're talking about right right that, uh, uh, i think liz cheney said it uh either it was at the beginning or the end and wanted to make sure that everybody realized this kissinger too and benny thompson too that this is an ongoing issue it, it's not a historical thing that we're talking about here because trump is still out there and he's still threatening not only to be a candidate but would have a chance to win had he been impeached and convicted he couldn't run for office right now and he could have a much much cleaner slate of people testifying of people not worrying about retaliation speaking of that uh and i don't know if you remember some of the old uh, hearings in congress or you've seen the old black and white video of joe valachi the valachi papers when he would testify in Congress and they would bring in other people. I don't think in the Godfather movies, they did this where people would come in, they had to have bags over their heads so they couldn't right. be identified. Right. Things of that sort. But that's what went on because a lot of these people, you know, they didn't want their faces shown. They wouldn't want their identity shown. They would mix up their voices, you know, with the, uh, with the electronic uh, uh, devices that they had to keep, people anonymous well that was going on thursday night there were people who were speaking you you saw the recordings of people on the staff who were talking and they mangled their voice because they were afraid of retaliation well then is donald trump a mob boss or not the answer of course is yes 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 he is he is it's we have a mob trial when you give calls to people who are going to testify, oh, the president just wants to know he's thinking about you. He knows you're about to testify, and he just wants you to know. I know he knows you do the right thing. It's and they they don't see this, Britt. They, I don't they, know. They nothing, nothing of a sort. And I'll, and I'll give you an example. Uh, and let me let me just uh, find it here. Uh, Take about two seconds, okay? Here we go. Last night, uh, I put up a little statement, and uh, I said that uh, Pensa security detail members, like doomed passengers on United Airlines flight. 93 on 9-11, calling loved ones to say goodbye as the mob closed in, I yield back. That's all I wrote. That's all I put up. <laughs> I yield back my time. 
I yield back my time. It was a concerted effort by the committee last night to have Elaine Luria, the Democrat from Virginia, speak mostly along with uh, Adam Kinzinger, the Republican from Illinois, because they're both veterans. That was uh, hit home later on as they talked about the oath that they took to the United States of America and to the American Rid, people. I didn't fall for that one, did you? <laughs> yeah. You can't fool me. <laughs> they talked very much about what a solemn oath it was when they took it and how it was a big deal. They took it before God and their families. And Pottinger, I think, talked about that as well. Uh, Donald Trump, a, a, an oath to, to your fraternity at college is taken in a more sacred manner than what Trump did with the oath of office. But back to my little thing here. You know, you know, we're talking about the Pence's security people calling uh, and, and getting in touch with their, their loved ones. So the first response is from a guy. I don't want to I don't want to say his name. I don't want to make him famous. Uh, and he puts up a meme and uh, the top half of it is a collage of rioters all over the country after the George Floyd ruling, you know, fires and, and, and things of that sort. And then the bottom half of the meme is a cartoon and the face has a girl and on her face there's a tattoo that says democrats and uh she's putting some some eye drops in her eyes that say i didn't see that okay so that was to me that was a perfect initial response to what was going on thursday night by trumpers it was the all-time whataboutism they're mm -hmm. still playing the, well, what about all the rioters? How come nothing happened to them? Why aren't there hearings about that? Which, of course, is stupid and it's a lie. Right. Because there are tens of thousands of people that got charged <laughs> all over the country. But they have to lie and keep saying that they all got away with it. But sure. you're going after these patriots. Well, that's the false equivalence. Again, try, breaking a, a soda shop a window in Portland, Oregon, is the same as trying to murder Mike Pence and storming the United States Capitol for the first time since the War of 1812. Those are not two commensurate things, Brad. <laughs> they just aren't. Of course they're not, but yes, they are. <laughs> y yes, they are. <laughs> and until you can break through and get people to stop that. And I don't know how you ever do that. And I don't know how you can possibly ever be. Why the Democrat? I guess this is another line. Democrats are continuing to do this to distract from inflation, from the price of gas, the price of milk, the price of rent, and all those things. Because all they want to do is talk about the past. All they want to do is talk about 2020. That's what Democrats are doing. And we're the Republicans. We're looking forward to, we don't know, we're just looking forward to getting revenge, but that's good enough. And, of course, that's bullshit. And this isn't even about walking and chewing gum at the same time. Um, you, you can enact and think about and formulate policies for today and for the future and try to get a national understanding and a historical record of what happened in Donald Trump's presidency leading up to and even now after January 6th. The two are not mutually exclusive. You can do both at the same time. And the idea that this is some kind of past history that Democrats are dread. By the way, that would 
you know what that would mean? That would mean that every person who ever gets charged and convicted with a crime, why are you doing that? It happened last week. He robbed exactly. a bank last week. Exactly. Exactly. What about protecting banks now and in the future against Robert? What about that? Well, we'd vote against that, too. They okay, have a... They've got a rotating theme of people who will tweet during the hearings for Republicans. Last night it was uh, Stefanik's um, turn. Oh, yeah. yeah. And she yeah. tweeted, uh, when are they going to have hearings on inflation? <laughs> she she drew the short straw on that one. They usually have somebody so, uh, doing so it. What are the Republican hearings going to be on inflation? They're going to have somebody come in dressed in a, uh, a Cheerios box, <laughs> as, you know, as, as a costume. And they'll take layers of the box. The che- the che- no, the Cheerios box. Will be, and by the way, I noticed this the other day. Speaking of that, um, they've managed Frito Lay, which is, of course, the uh, the biggest chips and snack maker in the, in the country. Doritos and all, all that stuff, and whatever they do, everybody, most of them follow. Every bag, every bag of of Doritos went from sixteen to twelve ounces, and they did it really the price, kept the price the same. Yeah, well. A Every proud subsidiary of the PepsiCo company. So fuck Pepsi. Stop buying Pepsi. Stop buying Pepsi and Frito Lay until they can start uh, being honest. Right. But there's 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 nothing to it. There, there there's just nothing to it. But that's how they're going to play the that's how they're going to play the game. Um. But this is you you couldn't have dreamed this up. As a as a student of history, you couldn't have. It did happen here. It is happening here. And, you know, that little portion of the hearings where they asked Matthew Pottinger to speak about what he was seeing and and what he thought the world was doing in reaction to this was really, really pretty impressive because he was able to to speak with authority because I'm sure he, he, he does talk to people around the world. He was like the deputy national security guy for, uh, for all those years. Um, and we look like shit. Yeah. We, 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 we look like shit. You know, the, the fallback position of, well, if we suck so bad, how come they still want to come here? That's kind of thin. Yeah. Do they though? Do they really? Uh, they do, but they don't realize what's going to happen when they get here. Right. If if things go in the direction that they may not realize a hundred percent that the country is is moving towards this semi-authoritarian, theocratic, autocratic mess, one-party minority rule. Uh, Elections becoming more and more meaningless each time out. Apparatchniks being placed into positions to nullify votes all over the country. Uh, when Pottinger spoke of uh, both Nixon and Al Gore deciding that it was in the best interest of the country, even though uh, each of them had some legitimate questions about the way their presidential elections were adjudicated. Nixon didn't go to court, but 
you know, there were always questions about, I think, votes in Texas and Illinois were the, the uh, issues with Nixon. And he was told, go, sue, go for it. Sure. And Nixon said, no, it would rip apart the country. And the, uh, the Al Gore speech where he conceded at the end is, I would say, considered a classic. It's, it's in the top 10 or 20 speeches ever given by a politician. I'll say it's one of, of the country. As, as you look back on that contextually, it's one of the most patriotic things I've ever seen. I mean, it was unbelievable. And he kind of even made fun of himself. It's time for me to go in a phrase that he had used. It was unreal. You, know, you can't do it. I can't do it. We're not that good. But, boy, somebody could do a mishmash cutting back and forth between Al Gore and Trump and all the outtakes of him being unable to say the most bare, basic thing that needed to be said, not just on January 6th or January 7th, but the night of the election when the plan was already being implemented as the audio that was played of Steve Bannon, which has been around for, for uh, many, many weeks and months about what was going to happen. They were anticipating Trump probably losing right. and that he would get out there and immediately lie. Say that he won. Say, say, that it was, won. say that it was stolen. Right. So just, just contrast that with the Al Gore speech. In fact, if I recall, the John McCain concession speech to Obama was a classic also. Right. I believe it was. I have to go back and check that one. The McCain one, a, yeah. yeah the, the, the John McCain one. That was a, it was brilliant. Was a, and they, they, it was brilliant. And Sarah Palin tried to hijack it. She wanted to speak that night, too. And they said, shut the oh, fuck up. Right. So that's absolutely. Right. She she was like standing right behind him, and you thought that she was gonna, she was gonna butt in. And Schmidt and Schmidt and those guys said, "This is the first time a black man has been elected president. This is a historic moment. You will shut the fuck up and stand back." John McCain will be speaking tonight. You will be standing right back there. And even if he was a white man, <laughs> they they recognized that this was a big move in this country's history, and that there were some people. That if John McCain had gone out there and go, God damn it, I got cheated out of my election, this son of a bitch, and I'm not going to let socialism prevail. That's not what John McCain did. Because John McCain, once again, was a patriot. He cared more about his country than he cared about his party or anything else. Well, in, in McCain's case, it, it wasn't a question of it was a close, it wasn't a close election. He could have lied and it said was. it was. It wasn't a close election in 2022 either. I mean, in 2020. What, but Brit, but he's, the, he's the, lied and said it was. It was the, 7 the idea of blatantly lying about an election that you get thumped in. McCain, that was not in McCain's, th that was a Trump thing, okay? It's so, Trump it's, invented that. It's so okay? psychotic, you can't even, and that was also something Pottinger right. said last night, it was a close election. Well, it was and it wasn't. It wasn't, it wasn't. The other, the other guy won by 7 million votes, and he did okay, I think, in the Electoral College. I think he won by like 70 in the Electoral College. So it wasn't like terribly, terribly, terribly close, but okay, I'll let you have it, because Pottinger, you're saying mostly the right shit tonight. Yeah. Well, I think we've, I think we've covered uh, a decent amount of ground here, and now that we're just about through July into August, the news will not stop. No, it will not stop, and there will be other people that will come forth, and, and we may not hear them testify in 
in the coming weeks in, in the last few of July and into August, but we'll know. We'll know a lot. And, uh, you know, the committee has its way of getting the, the uh, information out there without compromising anything. And there are a lot of enterprising reporters out there sniffing around. And uh, We'll remember in September. Yeah. 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 And uh, what about that cover-up of Joe Biden? And the uh, and the COVID thing. What, yeah, it's unbelievable. Where's his doctor? It's unbelievable. Where's the doctor? How come the doctor won't speak? Don't Remember you think that's Trump... don't you think that's why he fell off the bike? Because he had COVID. I'm gonna go ahead and just start all all the conspiracy things. Yeah, no, two months ago he had COVID and fell off the bike and didn't know it yet. He just realized it the other day. <laughs> One of my my favorite. And, and this is the dumbest thing I I heard a couple times yet. I just can't believe it. Um. So Joe Biden gets gets COVID. He you know he picked it up in the last whatever number of days, right? And a couple times, you know that fist bump in Saudi Arabia. Now, hmm, here we go again. We 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 just can't get away from it being March of 2020, where we have to wipe everything down and we can't get near anyone. Physically can't touch any because you know. COVID is something that you catch by 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 touching someone. Correct. And if you if you fist bump, if you, if your knuckles touch, that that could spread. They're still they're still with that one, Britt. They're still doing still hanging on to that one, are they? They're hanging on because you yeah. just never know. That, that's one of the reasons. And by the way, that was a dumb reason, a dumb reason that the administration was giving to justify the fist bump instead of a handshake. Because they were saying because COVID. No, it had nothing to do with because COVID, right? It had mm-hmm. nothing to do with that. They no. didn't want to, you know, handshake is obviously a lot more personal than just the, just the fist bump. It's not a replacement for a handshake. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm glad, you, uh, glad, glad you brought that up. But remember, when Trump ha- got COVID, and this was before vaccines, right? Mm-hmm. Um, remember, he had that that posse of doctors get out there and, and hold these fraudulent, they were fraudulent press conferences where they would lie for Trump. If you but read- now there's some kind of cover-up with Biden because his doctor isn't out there yakking all over the place. Hey, well, if you if you read the, I mean, if you read some of the stuff about the kitchen sink shit that they threw at Trump to keep him alive, he was much sicker than they, they at Walter Reed, they threw every possible combination of anything they could to keep that guy alive and okay. I one question. Why? 